Welcome to Home Dad Chat, brought to you by the National At-Home Dad Network. My name is Brock. My name is Danny. And we are here to talk about life as stay-at-home dads. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. No, I don't want much. I even love handmade crafts made of macaroni. Come on now, you should know me. Sometimes I might eat too much. No worry about my weight, got the dad bod rocking on me. Sketches on my feet, cargo shorts look good on me. I'm a dad, that's what I do. Hey everybody, we're back. Yes, I did say before we started recording that we were going to hit it. And then Danny made fun of me. So, you know, the whole punch it chewy thing got brought back up again. <laughs> this wouldn't be a show yep. without it, I guess. If, if y'all don't know, we think that's hilarious. So <laughs> that's really all that matters at this point at the beginning of the show. It's an intro. Yeah. That's the home that's dad it. chat thing. Home dad mm-hmm. chat. Punch it, Chewy. <laughs> yeah. They, no. And then get no, sued. And then get sued by Disney. You know, like, <laughs> why not? Bring it all in. Oh, my goodness gracious. Anyway, aside from all that, Danny, how was your week, man? Good. Really good. Uh, yeah. Had a good weekend. Got out of town. Um, overall, everything was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was great. We went up to the lake and got on my, my father-in-law's boat and went tubing and took the kids out swimming and swam on the beach. And you had swam on the s'mores beach? And- Wait, how do you swim on the beach? You should see those kids. They bury each other. You got to swim <laughs> oh, out. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You thought you had me, but I, I really did. I was like, how are you swimming on the beach, man? <laughs> it's got to be more adventurous, man. Once you I get out there, so. you'll, you'll figure it out. Use your imagination when you're up north, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Has your week been? Weekend? Week was good. Weekend was all right. Uh, we started school. Um, we bought gold passes to Kings Island because if you buy them now, you get to use them through this year and then all of next year. So we get a few oh. weekends of being able to like go to the water park. Uh, so we went last weekend to the water park. We're going to do it probably again this weekend for Labor Day. And then uh, we can go and ride some of the roller coasters and stuff and just we're, we're working on it. The kids have never done a roller coaster. So we're going to start small and see where things go. Um mm-hmm. But it's exciting because it's a new place, uh, so it'll, it'll make things um, a little more adventurous for the coming year. Uh, so had that, and then uh, I got uh, hailed up to my hometown for uh, 24 hours um, because uh, everybody was going through my grandparents' house because they're go- my grandmother is in a nursing home. My grandfather passed away three years ago, and so mm-hmm. everybody's kind of picking and choosing what they want. And me being the family historian, I was really excited to go up there and see what little treasures I could find. And I came back with some awesome pieces of uh, family tree lore. Um, Nice. Some amazing documents, including original wedding certificates from like my great, great grandparents. Um, And I know that you're big into uh, war stuff. Uh, I found a uh, World War One. 334th infantry 84th division book uh it was the wow. uh, that was uh one of my relatives served in over in france uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he i think i believe he died over there as well um but it has an inscription from his uh sergeant to the family and it was in the original ship shipping box 
So it's got like a seven cent postage stamp on it and like, wow, amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, just an amazing piece of, I didn't even know that our family even had it. So I'm, I'm super stoked to like read through the book and see what's in there. Yeah, um, definitely. And then um, my parent, my family, actually not my parents, but my, my uncles and uh, my mom uh, felt that since I was the only person in the family that actually enlisted in the military and served for the shortest time I did that I still, uh, that they wanted me to have my great grandfather's, uh, flag from his funeral. Uh, so I have, uh, that and he served in the Navy as well. So, uh, that's a really, so I've got these really mm -hmm. cool military things. And then the last thing that I found was I found a, uh, volunteer enlistment into the Vermont militia, uh, four months before the Gettysburg war. Uh, or battle wow uh from one of my uh from one of my relatives and uh, it's a copy of uh his and his like signing it enlisted uh march 3rd of like 1863 um gettysburg took place in july the first july 1st through the third of that year and so uh that was that's epic just amazing so yeah i've got some cool stuff to go look through in a box i got a box full of cool things to, to read through and old photos to look through and try to put everything together for my family to have a really nice you know piece of memory for people to mm -hmm. look back on and learn about learn about our ancestors yeah yeah that's awesome yeah so excited about that and uh also uh to like my thing is I always joke about this is that like our family had money back in the day, you know, like we, you know, we, they, you know, the person who served in the civil war was given like 40 acres of land actually after they served. And I know we had family that, that did other financial things. So it's like, yeah, where did that go? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we've never seen any of that. So, but that kind of also brings us into uh, our topic of the night with, uh, with, with our guest that we're going to have coming on, who's uh, going to be, mm -hmm presenting at the convention on a uh, household finance. <laughs> yeah. Good tie in, man. Well done. Yeah. Well yeah. Done. Just I, I, way to circle back around. That was great. It was, it was, was a stretch, great. man, but I made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. Uh, household finances, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you and I, we've talked about it before. We've talked about it with our wives being on the show before. Um, but I think yeah. too, there's a ton of conversation around it uh, outside of that, just with guys and, and, uh, Facebook groups, mm -hmm. Discord groups talking about it. Lots of dysfunction in it. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of trying to just, how you know, how does this work? How does this balance? And so uh, I hope that when we bring uh, Mark Longbreak in, that uh, he will uh, be able to maybe give us a little more extra light into what he's going to be talking about at the breakout. And uh, it's always good to be able to learn a little bit of new stuff. <laughs> right. Especially about money. You know, it's one of those things that I think uh, if you, the, the thing that I've noticed in my life is when I didn't have any money at all, started out broke, dead poor, we barely had food, right? We, we grew up, or I grew up specifically hating money mm. and hating rich people because I saw the people around me and I lived in a, a I mean, I didn't live in, but our, our land was in near a very affluent area in a very part affluent County. And they all got cars for their 16th birthday kind of thing. Um, and I, and I just, I hated it. And I went into my first marriage with that attitude of, if I get money, 
I've got to spend it. I've got to get rid of it. I've got to go buy this or buy that or whatever. And saving was nowhere near budgeting was nowhere near my mind Yeah, because I just now, fortunately now with my third wife, um, she's incredible with the budget and she grew up saving and understanding what money does and how to make her money do what it needs to do and how to pay the bills and all that. And we're, 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 we're well off, I would say. I mean, we're doing very well, especially having four kids and starting yeah. out the first, you know, eight or nine years of it, of having kids on a cop salary. You know, yeah. Marnie's there's, our savior. There's a strategy so. that comes down to it. I mean, really, that's what it is. You got to, mm-hmm. you got to put, you got to put down the foundation for it and, you know, grind through sometimes. And, you know, you can look back on it later and be like, it was tough, but here's where we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess I'm excited to see what Mark's got to say. So we'll do a quick break here and then we'll bring Mark on and uh, learn all about uh, household finances. Become a member of the National At-Home Dad Network, an organization focused on providing advocacy, community, education, and support. Connecting with households where dad is the primary caregiver of the children. We do this through our webinar and podcast series, mental health support groups, regular online social events, as well as our annual convention. The National At-Home Dad Network is a 100% volunteer organization. Without the generous support of its members and the community around it, we would not be able to continue the work that we do. Becoming a member gives you access to past convention speaker presentations, the ability to vote for board members annually, and ensures that the organization's fees and bills are in positive standing. Oh yeah, it should not go unmentioned that there is some cool swag headed your way if you decide to become a member. For only $35 a year, your membership provides you with the exclusive content only we can generate, and you'll be supporting an organization that benefits families all around the country and world. By advocating for them, offering them community, providing education and guidance, and supporting them to grow in their parenthood journey. And one last thing, if you contribute $500 or more, you will become a lifetime member. Not only will you receive everything already mentioned, but also a certificate recognizing your status and an exclusive National At-Home Dad Network challenge coin with our trademark logo, Dads Don't Babysit. So what are you waiting for? Become a member today. Hey everybody, welcome back from the break. As I stated before, we have our guest with us, Mark Longbreak is with us, and he's going to be presenting on household finances, the title of a guided discussion around common points of conflict surrounding finances. Conflict and finance? I mean, come on, really? Like, that seems like no brainer. I mean, come on. (laughs) Welcome welcome to the show, Mark. (laughs) Good to be here, guys. I think it's the thing most couples fight about the most. Agree. Finances. I think it's they one do of those and they things. Don't. That... And there's a lot of fights that people think are about money that actually aren't about money. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit then. Uh, but before we do that, some of us don't I'm all know. Curious. Some some of us don't know much about Mark. I've actually I don't know if we've met in person every. I feel like the fast past few conventions for me, like I'm just running around with a like a chicken with his head cut off. Uh, so just uh, give take a moment to tell us, Mark, a little bit about you and your uh, your family. So I've been a full-time stay-at-home dad for 12 years since my oldest son was born. From that, from the day he was born until now, I've been a 
full-time stay-at-home dad. Um, I have three kids, 12-year-old boy, 10-year-old girl, and a four-and-a-half-year-old boy. So right when my daughter was heading off to kindergarten so that I would be, you know, like all my kids in school, we got pregnant with the next one. So I didn't then start it over again and have always had that. Um, I currently live in Connecticut. I grew up in Seattle. I've lived in, oh gosh, all over the country. Um, I went to college at a small school in Michigan. I worked in D.C. for three years. I went back to grad school at Ohio State. That's where I got my Ph.D., and that's where I met my wife. I got married to her. She was finishing up her M.D. and her Ph.D., and so she got matched after medical school with Washington University in St. Louis. So we moved to St. Louis, and we're in St. Louis for seven years, and then she got a job at Yale, and that's what's brought us out to Connecticut. Man, you cool. have journeyed across the country. <laughs> Some travel. Yeah, no kidding. Where in a where was the small school in uh, Michigan? Albion College. What was it? Right, Albion. Oh, Albion, smack dab in the middle of the state. Yeah, I've been there. I wondered if that was where it was. It's a (laughs) tiny. It's a tiny little town. It's just like on the highway. You get off, and the only thing there is the the college. Yep. Halfway between Ann Arbor and Kalamazoo. I know it well, actually. I grew up in northern Indiana, so I, I know where that is. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. And are you a Buckeye fan? I know you're wearing the OSU hat. Yeah, I mean, I was at Ohio State for eight years um, okay. working on my Ph.D. And at the time, I was also, when you're a, when you're a Ph.D. student, you also teach classes. When you teach teaching classes for undergrads, how can you not become a football fan? Also, the first year I was there was 2002, and that year they won the national championship. Oh, yeah. And so how could you not kind of become a, a fan along the way? It is definitely an exciting school for uh, for football. That is for sure. So that's cool, man. And so you're in Connecticut now. Uh, you, you said your wife is at Yale? Yes, she's on the faculty at Yale, um, but she's, okay. a, she's an MD and a PhD. So she spends time seeing patients. Okay. Um, she's a neurologist that specializes in um, treating patients with multiple sclerosis. So she does MS research, runs clinical trials on MS patients and new drugs that are coming out for um, treatment of MS. Oh, wow. But she sees patients and then she does research. Okay. And so you, and you've been a, so you've been a stay at home dad, you said for like 12 years, 12 uh, years. So, so 12 years. I mean, that's, that's a, a quite a span of time. Danny's been up and you've been what, 16 are you, is that what you're 14, at? 14. Yeah. So, uh, what what has the twelve years been like for you? Has it has it been smooth? Have you dealt with what what would you say is some of the uh, difficult things you've dealt with? So I was it, it was the decision to become a stay at home dad was easy for me, right? My wife was this MD PhD like on this track to be super successful. For her to take time off for her career was like just not a thing. And I was an economics professor, and like I'm like I can take some time off and then go back and teach night classes or something. Uh, so the decision to become a stay-at-home dad was easy. The transition itself was a little bit rough for me. Not as, not as hard as it is for some, but I definitely at first was very much the, you know, you get asked the, what do you do question, right? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm a professor. I have a PhD in economics, but right now I'm staying home with my kids. Okay. And then that morphed into over time, Three, four years in, five, three, probably three or four years in, it kind of morphed into the, I'm a stay-at-home dad, but I also have a PhD in economics. 
right? Like that, that was the introduction. Yeah. And then by about year six, it was just, I'm a full-time stay-at-home dad, period. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the journey I went on. And the National At-Home Dad Network and the Home Dad Con played a huge role in helping me kind of make that transition from I'm this other thing to saying, no, this is my job. This is my role. This is my career, essentially. And all of the other stuff is, is secondary at the moment. And that yeah. doesn't mean that when my kids go back to school that I can't readopt some of that identity and whatever. But for now, if somebody asks me what I do, I'm a full-time stay-at-home dad, period. So what was your uh, first convention you went to and, and how many of them have you attended? First convention I went to was in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina at the Children's Museum, right? We were in the back of the thing. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was the hurricane one. Yes, <laughs> Yes. Where it poured rain and it was like just walking down the streets from the venue to like the hotel <laughs> and it was six inches of water because the, the system could not get rid of it. I remember that clearly. I'm like, I brought a raincoat. It doesn't matter. I am soaked just because it's up to my knees when I'm walking. Yeah. Anyway, and sorry, I've I didn't mean to interrupt. No, and, and I've been to I think every convention since except for um uh, twenty twenty, right? because uh, there wasn't a convention. Well, we did, yeah, we did online, convention. right? Right, and so instead of doing that, I already had that that weekend. My wife had already kind of taken off, and I had all that stuff done. And so I went out to visit one of my buddies, who's a stay at home dad who lives in Denver. And the two of us went out and played golf for the weekend. So like we kind of did our own mini like, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do the online thing. We're still going to. At that point, getting away from my kids after been like we'd been locked down for like months, it was. Mm-hmm to negotiate with my doctor wife to let me even travel during that period, which was. Yeah. That's a whole other negotiation all itself. (laughs) (laughs) Aside from finances, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation for sure. That's also two big parts. I think of that, that journey that I see uh, that most of our stay at home dads go through. One is you eventually own it. You get to however long it takes. Some people do it immediately. I mean, they're ready. This is what they want to do. And others of us <laughs> take a few more years and then realizing that you need to get away from those responsibilities. You know, that's, that's two major milestones, I think. And I, and I'm glad you brought, they were both well done in your life, your journey so far in this yeah. life. Yeah. And at the same time, I don't want to make it sound like it was just this nice little easy thing. Like I've battled depression in my life. I've been on medication. I've been in counseling throughout and, and becoming a stay at home dad the first couple of years. I mean, it's isolating. I didn't know anybody. We just moved from um, Columbus, Ohio to St. Louis. We knew nobody in St. Louis. There was no family there. There was no friends. It was literally us just moving in. And all of a sudden I've got a kid. And I mean, you're stuck with that kid day after day, after day, after day. And I'm like, Oh, you can go to the zoo. I'm like, yeah, so I can be by myself pushing a stroller at the zoo. Like it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that like, yeah. I'm by myself. <laughs> right. And so that took, that took several years to develop the network of people around me and get involved in the groups. And like, you know, and I went to my church and my church had their mom's group and it was like, well, am I welcome or allowed in that? And they, right. and they did a great job of kind of welcoming me in when they figured that out. And so then I became the dad, like that was sitting on the floor with six kids crawling on me. Well, they're talking about breastfeeding and all of this other stuff. And I'm just like, so I'm a part of the group, but you know, you, you couldn't <laughs> develop those close kind of friendships just because yeah. like you couldn't. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. 
And I got I got saved in the middle of that by I randomly ran into another at home dad at the Science Center in St. Louis, like randomly. And he came up to me and was like, I'm a stay at home dad. And like there was the, literally we were the only two in there with our kids in this room. And we just struck up a conversation. And then we started having like he's like, let's have dinner one night a week, one night a month or whatever. Just get away from our kids. And he was the one that invited me to the first um, home dad con, like introduced me to it. And I was like, oh, I'm all about that. Like. Get who me was out that? Of <laughs> who who cool. was that? Uh, Brandon was his name. Brandon um, Cole? No, that that's not. Who no, was he was. Um, he only went to a couple of them, uh, a couple of conventions, the two Raleigh ones, and then he got a. He went back to work, and when they had their second child, his wife ended up staying home, and he went back to work. So he stopped. He kind of dropped out of the stay-at-home dad world. Does but, he live in Kansas City now? No, he was in St. Louis. Okay. Um, the whole time oh, interesting still okay. is in st louis well i mean i say st louis and st louis yeah, county and there's there's more things and so i don't know if it was actually st louis <laughs> he's a magical time. unicorn that just came into your life and then disappeared <laughs> I, mean, I kept in touch with him for i still keep in touch with him still get christmas cards and stuff from oh, him because cool. i mean we had i mean that, that was a period of time in both of our lives when you needed a friend yes right yeah and yeah. it was a friend and it was a connection that we had that was something that um you know that, that was surprisingly important just having oh one yeah so important yeah that mm-hmm. i could and and once a month just leave my kids at home and go sit down and have dinner with and say like we could complain about diapers and we could complain about kids and we complain about getting awkward looks at the playground right like all those things that all we've all things. experienced that if you go and hang out with other guys you don't get the same kind of thing and that's i mean that's what home dad con does in in a in a weekend but then to have that kind of regular Mm -hmm. thing all throughout the year of people that can kind of do that and i I imagine that's what the um i'm going to forget what it is but the the home dad lounge or whatever kind of fills that role in some ways for some people Mm -hmm. but yep you're not wrong when we've got a group in connecticut we've been doing um once a month kind of getting together for dinner with a bunch of kind of Mm -hmm primary caregivers is kind of way we put it so there's some single parents in there and there's some um who yeah. aren't necessarily stay-at-home dads but they're the primary caregivers for their their children and face mm-hmm. the same similar battles so yeah the uh, doing that. the mental health support groups that uh, that we do are the same way it's just this is the group of people that you 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 like you said you can get in a lot of times there isn't as much of a support group feel as it's just everybody doing okay all right well let's just hang out let's talk about you know whatever we might and a lot of times you interweave that stuff that you talked about like no sleep you know or diapers or whatever the just the the grind of the day is for this job um and it's really really important to find that even like you said if it's just one person that's that's like a lifeline <laughs> it's your one way i can i can yeah. survive yeah. if you just don't leave <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it really uh, is that's that's yeah. what like we've got kind of going on with the Cincinnati dads group right now. Cause I've started doing every other Thursday, like gatherings where we're just getting together with a bunch of dads. And, uh, it's really interesting because like there might be like one or two guys who are married. And then there's like three or four guys who are like going through divorces and stuff. And so mm. I just, it's great to get those guys together because they really need like people to talk to who are going through this, uh, same you know, thing to be able to just share ideas and and things like that. And then the guys who are married are just there to support them in whatever ways we can. And I just, 
that's so important. Like that's the thing that Danny and I talk about all the time is that like you, you need a mentor and a, and a men's group. Like you did, yeah. those are neat. Those are necessities. One of our second or third kind of Connecticut dinners, um, this guy showed up and he sat down and he, you could tell he's the gregarious kind of friendly. He's the Danny, right? Like he just sat down and he was talking to everybody. <laughs> he was doing all the stuff. Right. And, but you could tell that this was a guy who was desperate for connection. He'd been stuck at home with his kids. His, his partner was a high powered like doctor type person who wasn't around as was supportive, but like, he's like, still, I've, I've got nothing. Like I'm stuck with these two kids. I feel just stuck. I feel whatever. And we started telling our stories and he was just, I mean, you could just see him like going, Oh my gosh, like that's my life. Like that's, and, and he hadn't had that kind of connection before. And he had two young kids. So like, you know, one and three or something. So all the diapers and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And I'm a little past that, but I've been through it. Right. And so right. it was, it was just great to kind of talk through that and be in the place where now I'm like feeling like I have a little bit of experience in this Yeah, <laughs> that definitely. I wish that somebody had done for me back when I, when my kids were that age in which the home dad right. network did start doing and fall into place. And, you know, and it took a couple of years to find it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, it, speaking of experience, you know, you're coming to home dad con to talk about your experience with finances. I'm just kind of curious, like what, what has that journey been like for you? Is that something that you have always been kind of like the front runner on or the person who's in charge of that or, or how did that kind of conversation come about? Like what, and not, I don't want you to share too much of what you're going to be talking about, but I'm just kind of curious if you can give us a little peek behind the curtain. Home finances right, are always a little bit weird. People say, oh, home finances. Oh, he's going to talk about budgets, right? Or, oh, we're going to figure out how to how to put our money in the right envelope so that we can do oh, the things gosh. Or, or stay out of credit card debt, right? Or whatever the, the thing would be. And I was like, for me, it's a different thing. It's a different question. The, the, the question I really want to look at is kind of the how to think about money. Because I'm an economist. And so the economist in me, like finance and economics is different. Economics is much more cerebral in a sense. The finance is the nuts and bolts or accounting is the, you know, like actually moving the numbers around. Economics, a little bit more thinking. The question that, that it brought up to me was this idea. And here, I'll, I'll ask you guys this question and see to, to exercise your brain a little bit. Imagine that you're, I know it's the end of summer and my kids yeah, aren't going back to school yet. So my brain's left. a little bit scrambled. But <laughs> I had to wake up the hamster real quick there. He's sleeping in the wheel. So imagine your buddy calls you, right? And he says, I'm cleaning out my garage this Saturday or in a week. I'm cleaning out my garage. I'd love to have you come over and help. It's going to take about two hours, right? And come out, help me out. We'll clean out the garage and then I'll buy you some, we'll buy pizza and beers and we'll sit and hang out. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing. Second thing, same basic situation. Buddy calls you up, says, Hey, I'm cleaning out my garage next Saturday. I'd love to have you come and help. It's going to take about two hours. I'll pay you $20 an hour. To help are those two things different yes to sure. you you yes. think about them very differently right mm -hmm. even though they effectively are the same right both things cost your buddy about 40 bucks right but our minds treat them as two radically separate things absolutely because we put money into the equation mm -hmm. yeah right the second you add money all of a sudden everything gets weird yes i would be offended I would right. just straight i would be like what no you're not gonna pay me what are you talking about i would be upset you know right but if he offers you to buy you pizza and beer, you're like, that's cool. Yeah. Right. But 
it, so I think it varies. I think it varies that com that whole like two different scenarios. It I think varies on where that person is at. Um, to me, I'm thinking in my head back from when I when we really were in like a dire position of money. And yes, it does seem awkward that your friend would offer you to pay you. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, like that 40 bucks, I there there's something I mean, I could pay off, pay a bill or whatever type of deal. I mean, I'm going to get the time to spend while working with him, but that money will help my family out. Whereas, you know, the other side of somebody's like, well, I don't really need the money uh, type of deal. Um, the pizza and beer sounds great because that just means I get more time to hang out with you. So, yeah, I, I can see both sides of it very clearly. And my point is essentially that when you put money in, it just changes the way that we approach the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and people have different relations to that. And there's some people who have a relationship with money that's very much like, oh, they'd be like pizza and beer. Like, well, why don't you just throw me 20 bucks and we'll get something cheaper whatever. Right. Like there's, there's different people have different ways they respond to things, but just that idea of how do we think about money and how does that change the way that we do things? Mm -hmm. So here's another little, little thing. And again, I'm not, I'm not really stealing anything from my presentation. Just I'm, I'm okay, this is the type of stuff that I'm going to get into, right? Like this, these, these ideas of thinking about this stuff, this way is, is you guys have all, I'm sure all of us have stayed home dads, your kids haven't finished their lunch. And there's that chicken nugget sitting there on the plate, or there's that quarter of that peanut butter jelly sandwich or whatever it is that you feed your kids, right? It's sitting there and you're like, my kids wandered off. They don't want to eat it. I'm looking at it and going, I don't want to waste this food. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to eat it rather than throw it away because I don't want to waste it. Well, that decision that you're making there shouldn't be about money, right? By saying, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste this money that I spent, right? We're making that a money decision. Mm -hmm. When it's not, it should be about calories yes. and about health yes. and about like <laughs> <laughs> Danny's shaking his head. No. no, I'm sorry. You're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know you're right. I know you're right. But, <laughs> yeah. but my point is when we start, when we, if you look at that decision as a health decision about, am I actually hungry? Do I actually want those calories? Do I want to eat that? We treat it. We would answer it potentially radically differently than if we talk about it as a money decision. Mm-hmm. Right. As I am spending money on this and that money. Well, in that case, the money was already spent. You can't get it back. Right. right? Eating the chicken, the eat, is, eating like, the chicken nugget. You eat it or the you go in the trash. You're, you're disposing of it either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I was going to say, I remember one of the first uh, summer jobs, I think, or construction jobs that was with was framing. And I was working with a guy and he had a box, a half box of nails just sitting over by the door. And, um, I walked out and I said, you want me to pick that? You want me to get that? And he said, yeah. And, the, and his, his second in command and kind of said, no, we don't need, we need to worry about that. And, um, the boss said, if there was a $5 bill sitting on the step, would you go and get it? And the guy said, well, yeah, of course. And the, and the boss was like, yeah, that's $5 worth of nails. And my brain exploded. You know, I mean, I was like, oh my God. God, it is. How you know? And it just it was the 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 amazing realization that exactly like you said, that money means so much, so many, so many different things than the value of a thing. Like, oh, it's a box of nails, or it's a you know a pack of chicken nuggets, or whatever. It's that. Oh no, no, we we have to go pick up the money. Of course, we'll stop and pick up the money. Right. You know, and that's what it made me think of. 
when you change, when you put money in, it changes things. Mm -hmm. It just changes the way that our brain functions. It changes how we look at things. It changes all these things. And so it then shows up in arguments or whatever in families or those kind of places. Right. So like um, my family celebrates Christmas. Not everybody does. But my family does. My mm-hmm. wife's family does. Um, and luckily we treat Christmas the same way. We both grew up in families where you got lots of presents at Christmas. It wasn't like one thing. It was like lots of things. And like, if you only got one thing, it was a problem. Like the, you had piles of things. That was the way, even when my family didn't have any money growing up, you got piles of very cheap things, but mm-hmm. you still got piles of things. I had a buddy who grew up in a family where you got one thing. That was just the way it worked. You got one thing. And his wife grew up in a family who got lots of things. They would have fights every Christmas because she would give him lots of things and he would get her one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. it would be things like, why are you wasting all of this money on me? Buying me all mm-hmm. these things. I don't need all of this stuff. Why are you wasting all these things? And she's That's... on the, you don't love me because you only got me one thing. Right. That That is a uh, conversation piece that took place uh, when my wife and I went through premarital counseling. Like the, the, the people that we went through counseling with asked so many great questions. And one of the questions they asked was, is what's Christmas look like for you? And it was interesting to talk about what that, how that worked and how we were going to do it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. did we want to, did we want to keep the same tradition or did we want to somehow change it to make it our own, uh, that kind of deal. So yeah, that, (laughs) that is a very real scenario, um, that doesn't get talked about a lot of times and then blows up into, like you were saying, like a big fight. But is that fight about money in, in the sense of like, no, it's is a, one person right and one person wrong. No, it's not definitely no. not about money. It's about perspective. Right. Or it's about like looking at it and saying that the way that they're doing it is different. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that their way is wrong and my way is right. Correct. Right. But 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 thinking about it in terms of what's actually going on rather than saying, you know, like we're low on money this year and you're going to spend a ton of money on Christmas buying me 15 presents and like it becomes this thing instead of like what's going on actually behind things that mm-hmm. that when we think about it in terms in that case again if you're thinking about it in terms of money you're maybe missing what's actually going on that there's different just different ways of doing things that aren't right nor wrong but just different mm-hmm. right? yeah so the so the breakout that i'm looking at is, is is home finances in the sense of like yeah we're going to talk about money but i want to talk about it more in the sense of how we think about it and how we can see how money affects the way that we deal with all those things. Because, okay. you know, we can, we can talk about whether you should have, you know, like you should have your own account and your wife should have her own account or whether you should be getting allowance from your wife or not, you know, like all those kinds of things. Like, but those are all individual and they're all going to be affected by how you think about money and how your partner thinks about money. Because if you think about it relatively similar, you're going to have a pretty easy path through all of those yeah. decisions. And if you don't, it's going to be a giant disaster. Mm-hmm. And then finding the places where there are those frictions is the is the big deal. And then looking at them and saying, instead of saying, oh, you're right, I'm wrong, or I'm right, you're wrong, saying, oh, we're thinking about this differently. Let's understand that neither one is right nor wrong and come up with how we are going to do this together, mm-hmm. right? Or how we're going to understand that. That's the, in a nutshell, kind of all the, the things, yeah. like the direction that it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think, too, that you see 
conversations like that in the, the discussion forums uh, from time to time too. And it like, I, I would imagine when you're looking through some of those, you got to be like, all right, like, have you taken the time to just sit down and just talk about like where each of you are coming from and just all of the outside things that like the experiences, you know, like what did you experience growing up? What did you experience growing up? What matches, what doesn't match? And you know, or what do you want to keep and what do you want to throw out? Like as far as like, you know, those things that you have been taught or you learned kind of deal. And I, every time I see somebody post something about the friction that they're dealing with, with their, their spouse or partner, it's just like, I feel like the same way you are. It's like, it's not so much a money thing that you should be talking about as a perspective of what what brought you to what what brought you to to that point to where here you are now standing toe to toe <laughs> talking I, about what you know like this crazy situation that's more than just you know dollars and cents and i'm specifically i i deal with money cuz as an economist that's kind of the thing that you you look at that that kind of side of things but this idea of saying i'm having a fight with my wife or with my partner or whatever it is, or we're having an, not necessarily even a fight, there's conflict, frustration with the way they're doing things sure. that often, often what I've found in my relationship with my wife is that the times there's those kind of conflict, it's because she's not doing things the way I want them to be done or the way that I prefer or the way that I mm-hmm. choose and, and being able to stop and step back and saying, well, is it wrong? Is the way she's doing, is it wrong? And there's times when it is. There's absolutely times when it is. If you're washing the dishes, you have to wash the top of the plate and the bottom of the plate. You can't just wash the top. My wife's like, but you don't eat off the bottom of the plate. I'm like, but you stack that plate on top of the other plate. (laughs) You're giving Danny an annual. Don't eat it, Mark's house. Okay, I got it. I hear you. <laughs> so, uh, so in that case, but yes, there's a right, it is, and, a there's wrong, a right, right? and a wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a wrong way. Yeah, yeah. But and and like you said, but when it comes down to money, finances, budget, whatever it might be, that is a lot of times with. I mean, for my wife and I, I absolutely don't handle the money because of my view of money. Um, and Brock and I actually mentioned that, but in the intro before we we got you on, I'm I'm, I'm just I hate money. I hate it. I want to get rid of it. I don't know how to save it. When I get money, I don't want to put it in. I know I want to get rid of it. And that's why I don't do the budget. You know, my, my wife, on the other hand, has, she loves, I don't, I don't even, she doesn't love money, but she knows what to do with it. She sees it as a tool that she's using to get to where we want to be kind of thing. In my opinion, I'm wrong and she's right with that. You know, I think in that case, uh, yeah, because, you know, that's the way it is. But we haven't really ever had any issues about it because I understood what she knew that I didn't know and that I'm willing to say, oh, no, obviously you need to handle this. Right. Right. Um, So money's never really been a fight for us because of that understanding. So I think that makes sense to me what you're saying. Yeah. And and absolutely. Like the, the bigger point about money, period, is that like you should be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Or talking about what's going on with this, that you have that discussion with your wife to mm-hmm. say, this is what, this is the way I feel about money, or this is how I work about, worry about things. And, and at the same time, like, if you're the kind of person that, like my parents were the kind of people who they would buy a car for cash and drive it until it literally broke in half, like 
until the frame <laughs> literally snapped where you couldn't repair it anymore. Like that was, you bought something and you used it until it was dead. Mm-hmm. And there's other people who get a new car, lease a new car every two or three years. Right. And if you're from one side of that and your partners from the other side of that, like there's a lot of room for conflict there just because you haven't talked through what's going on and how do you feel about these things and how do you think about them? And so then it becomes this fight about money or you're spending too much or you're doing whatever when that's not really what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the conversation, having that conversation to really talk through where you are and where things stand. Like, and that's not even about, well, should we have this budget here? Or should we put this account here? Or should we do this or that or the other thing? And so in my family, my wife still does the day-to-day bill pay because that's something that she's very detail oriented and very on top of and takes care of all of that kind of stuff. Anything that involves investment or taxes is my responsibility because that's the bigger stuff. That's a like thing that you have to work through and deal with a bunch of stuff, whatever. And so she'll collect all of the stuff and I'll get this packet of stuff at tax time. And then it's my problem to deal with. So that's how we've kind of divided up the responsibility. Yeah. And that sounds exactly like well, not this. We didn't do the same thing, but that's what Marnie and I did. My wife and I did. I said, "Okay, I can't handle any of that. You got it." And she is the perfect one for it. But I could see how, for you, especially in your background and your your doctorate, sir, um, that that would be exactly where I would expect that you would want to be, because that's kind of the larger things that are, from what I know of it. I'm obviously I'm not an economist, but uh, that the long term effects of what you do as opposed to that day-to-day oh we need to buy another pencil yeah that's fine (laughs) i'm talking about the taxes for the year we need to look at the annual you know uh, growth and what have you so that makes sense for you yeah and and the problem becomes when you have two people in a relationship that are like you in terms of the oh here's all we'll we'll both (laughs) just spend everything and then (laughs) it's then there becomes a different whole set of ways of like okay then you have to look at and say like you've admitted that like the way i think about money is probably not the best and so Mm -hmm. if that's the case like you have your wife is very much there saying like well i have a better way and you're (laughs) you're smart enough Mm -hmm. to say well then you deal with it yeah but if but you're lucky enough to have somebody that can do that. If, if you didn't have somebody there that was doing that, then there'd be a lot of extra work that has to be done to, to think about things and move through things. Absolutely. So that's tricky, but, but that's what, that's where I'm, that's where I'm going. That's the, yeah. The idea that's, that's the elevator talk or the elevator pitch. Is that what we call it? Yeah. That's yeah. the elevator pitch. And there's a bunch out. more, there's a bunch yeah. more stuff. I can oh, go sure. on for hours. No, that, and that's great. And I think that, bringing in that conversation to the convention is just a nice um ex- like it's something that doesn't get brought into breakouts and things like that you know on an annual basis so it's nice to be able to bring that in have the conversations be able to get like you're you know asking questions to you're not just seems like you're not coming in just to like present a bunch of information you actually have these questions to really like get people thinking about the different, you know, ways to look at it so that, you know, they can walk out of there with, you know, the necessary tools to be able to go home and be like, so I went to this breakout, I got to hear this, like, you know, talk about, you know, conflict and finances. And Mm -hmm. I just want to have a time where we can sit down and I can, you know, kind of give you some bit of what I'm talking about. And maybe that'll help us to talk through what we're dealing with kind of thing. And that's my hope is that 
you know, the guys that come to the convention come go back home and they're able to have those right. tough conversations with, with their partner or spouses about what they're dealing with. And hopefully it turns things around to where, you know, some of maybe the unhealthy things that are going on that they turn around and become healthy things and it moves them in a positive way um, with their relationship, with their family, good example to their kids yeah. on how, cause that's the biggest thing. Like the way, the thing, the way that we as parents, like process through things and show our kids that by example right. is so important for them as they become adults to be able to, to see those things as well. Like that's, that's the one thing my wife and I constantly talk about are like, you know, our parents didn't tell us this, or we had to learn this on our own, or I wish my parents would have told us, or even better, I wish the schools would have actually spent some time like teaching these things to us, which is a whole nother story. Um, so yeah. yeah, my plan is to, you know, give a, give an example like that, give a, give a situation and then let people discuss it and then kind of see where that goes and then present another way of thinking about things and kind of let some conversation happen so that people can see things. And, and, and it's interesting. I was thinking about this and I was going through all of this stuff and figuring out what do I want to say? What do I want the takeaway to be? What do I want people to walk away with? And that idea of like, you need to be specific, like you need to have a conversation, an intentional conversation about these things so that, you know, like that's kind of essentially the most important thing. And then I realized that like, you know, like this is about money, but you could have a breakout that had the same takeaway that was about sex. Yep. Yeah. Right. That was about that makes any sense, yeah. sort of area of conflict that, that, that like a lot of these things that I'm saying, like you replace money with sex, you could have similar kinds of conversations that need to have because, right. So yeah. there's, there was even like, and that was that was making me think even more that like, this is the direction I want to go in terms of thinking about this, because that's tools that are behind and underneath things. It's not the, the, the stuff that's on the surface, right? Like whether you have joint checking account or you have separate checking accounts, right? That's, that's a detail, but like, what's the stuff that's going on underneath? Mm -hmm. That's what I yeah. want to kind of get at and help people to start looking at and having a exposing it a little bit so that we can actually go in and start like, let's talk about what's actually going on rather than just the stuff up here. Nice. Definitely. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You know, we, we keep coming back for the convention being a, a um, career development conference kind of thing to where you're, you're learning to be a better, you're learning to be better at your job. And a big part of our job is that relationship, you know, with our partner, whoever that might be, and that, that need to be able to communicate with them in all the different ways. And I love it that you're bringing this to where we can look at it. And like you said, it could be for other subjects, but for money in this case, yeah. to where we can sit down with them and say, oh, I realize this, or I want to know if you think this or whatever it might be, however that conversation goes. And to be able to, to reach that point with our partner so that then we don't have a fight about, like you said, the, the joint banking account or the, or the budget or whatever it might be. So that's great. I think that's good value, man. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I think it's going to be just another one of those pieces to, uh, for everybody to put in their toolbox. So excited for it for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we're up against the, uh, the clock on things. This was, uh, an awesome conversation. I had a feeling it was going to be a good one. And so hopefully this, uh, spurs people on to, uh, look for this in the uh, program when they get it to see if, you know, it fits into their 
what they want to go uh, experience. But Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, and talking with us. And I'm looking forward to getting to hang out with you here in just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're less than a month. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's work. coming along. It's coming. <laughs> That's I'm what we're all excited about. Yeah, I <laughs> say the whole song, my bags are packed. It's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not leaving on an airplane. I'm leaving in a car, but still. <laughs> Yeah, everybody is. else is leaving in an airplane next coming. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, hey, thanks for coming on again. Like I said, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you all next week. So have a good one. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Good night, everybody. I'm a dad. That's what I do.